Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I love that we can hear him. <laughs> it's Pastor Michael coming to you live from the mezzanine. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I'm excited to see you all here on this first Sunday after Christmas. Uh, it is a bit brisk, so please make sure you stay warm. We don't want anyone getting cold or sick, um, but I thank you for joining us. Um, on this uh, Sunday, and I'm going to hand it off to Lisa, who's going to tell you about all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, I forgot about the announcements. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. We'll just go over a few uh, announcements that are kind of been repeated, but we just want to make sure everybody knows what's going on. Uh, the building is closed right now um, until further notice. Uh, we have volunteers that are checking the phone messages and the emails, so if you need us, those are probably the best ways to get a hold of us. Um, unless you need something urgently, then most of you should have the pastor's phone number and or email address as well. So we are still here for you. The Bush's uh, Cash for Education program, if you have not done that, go ahead and get your sign-ups in for 2021. Um, they have opened up those pieces, um, and if you're not sure what to do or how to get there to do that, uh, give me a call. This is Lisa, and my phone number there is in the bulletin, and I will be gladly help you with that. Uh, just a reminder, our email addresses have changed, so they are posted in your bulletin as well. And if, because we're getting to the time where the snow probably is going to come, um, inclement weather, so you can listen to your radio stations, WLEN and W4 Country. You can also find if we're going to be closed on the Facebook page or our new web page. So if it's looking kind of yucky out there, take a listen or look at those areas to see if we're gonna be open that day. Um, if we're not open, um, those sermons will be put up, right? Yeah, we'll figure something out. Okay. <laughs> so, so we're still gonna to try to get those sermons up on our web for you um, if, if we're not here that day. So hopefully you'll have something that you can uh, worship with. And I guess that is it for our announcements for today. If you would join me now for our call to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise God from the heavens. Young men and women alike, old and young together. Let us, Let praise, us praise the name, the name of, of the Lord. Whose name alone is exalted above earth and heaven. Alleluia. And if you'll join us now for our first hymn, number 237. Sing we now of Christmas. Yes, 
If you'll please join me in our opening prayer. Saving God, God the prophet, prophet Anna, Anna, and the righteous, righteous Simeon, saying your praise and proclaimed Jesus our Lord to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Let us who seek redemption in this day prepare our hearts that we may believe the good news of Jesus, receive the light of salvation, and live according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next hymn is 217, Away in a Manger. Join me aloud in our prayer of illumination as you led Simeon to embrace the infant Jesus. Guide us, Holy Spirit, by your gracious light, that we may welcome your saving word. Amen. Our first scripture reading for today is Isaiah 61 verses 10 through 62, 3, in the NRSV. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The Vindication and Salvation of Zion For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, 
and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. The word of God for the people of God and the people say, thanks be to God. As the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so will God cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. With thankful hearts, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God. If you have uh, an offering that you did not yet drop off when you drove in, uh, you can uh, bring it now to the front doors and someone uh, can get it there for you. Um, yeah. And if you would now join me in singing our doxology. we give you thanks for the light of the world Jesus Christ through whom we have received adoption as your children 
With Jesus, our brother, we dedicate ourselves in ministry to the world that we may live as heirs of your promises to the honor and glory of your name. Amen. If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. This morning, um, if you look in your bulletin, you can see um, our list of prayer requests. We have the family of uh, Ron Dumoulin, a coworker of Diane Wilcox, who passed away from COVID. Um, we have a, an edit, and this is on, on me that I uh, did not tell the office. Uh, Louise's cousin Terry has actually passed away. Um, Terry Ross is home recovering from another stroke. Steve and Vicki Barber, Steve's cancer has returned and is spreading quickly. Uh, they are Abigail Jose's grandparents. Uh, Jenny Marsh, her cancer is aggressive and will need 24 weeks of chemo and then surgery. We have uh, prayers of praise raised for Rosemary's son, Scott, who made Master Sergeant in the Air Force. Uh, prayers for uh, Lily Boussard and the graduating class of 2021. Our seniors are, are missing out on a lot of the tradition um, and special experiences of their last year in school. And it's uh, especially challenging for them as they're trying to make some big decisions about their future with limited and delayed information and experience. Um, the whole college prep experience has been altered a great deal. Um, and even for those who are not going the college route, um, it is not the normal way they'd have access to learn about some of the other options and things they might want to do. Um, we have prayers for Carolyn Knight, whose son Mike passed away. We have continued prayers for the Tecumseh Police Department and the family of Darren Briggs. Uh, he was a sergeant with the Tecumseh Police Department and he was killed recently in a tree cutting accident. Um, Todd Morgan is requesting prayers for his wife, Melissa's sister, Teresa Cooley. Uh, Leroy and Georgia Pfeiffer, their children, grandchildren, and great-grandchild have all tested positive for COVID. Um, we also have prayers for Luann's cousin, Gary Mueller, who has uh, possibly suffered a stroke. Um, he is currently at St. Joe's and is non-responsive. And we have prayers of thanks for all who were so generous with donations for the two families that we adopted. Uh, we definitely were able to make Christmas um, a lot nicer for both of them. If you would join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you this first Sunday after Christmas so, so thankful for all of the blessings that we receive and experience in our lives. We are thankful that we can see your hand and your Holy Spirit working in the world. And we are thankful for the opportunity to still be able to worship, even though it's a little bit different, but still able to come together and praise your name and sing songs to your glory. God, we also 
want to offer prayers of thanks for all of those people who work so hard and sacrifice so much time and energy to help us to heal and be healthy from doctors and nurses and surgeons and lab technicians, research scientists, and so many others. We are thankful for all that they do and all that they give. We ask that you would continue to guide their hands and efforts to help all of those who are suffering right now. We lift up those who are struggling physically, emotionally, or mentally. We lift up those who are mourning this day and struggling with the loss of loved ones. We lift up those who are affected by this COVID virus, those who are fighting cancer, those who are trying to heal from other illnesses and injuries. We lift them all into your hands, O oh God, and we ask for your healing touch. We also this morning want to give you thanks for all of those who give of their time, their energy, and in many cases, their own safety and well-being, who work so hard to help us stay safe in this world. We thank you for all of our men and women serving in the military and the armed forces, for our men and women who serve as police officers and firefighters and first responders. We thank you for their sacrifice, for all that they do, and we ask that you would guide them in their words and actions and all that encompasses the work that they do, work that is often challenging and having to occur in split seconds. We ask that you would please keep them safe and strong. And God, for those who are far away from home, serving across oceans or seas or great distances, we pray that they may be able to return home soon and we could begin to see an end to conflict in our world. We also lift up our nation and every nation of the world. We pray for our leaders of our nations and other organizations. And God, we ask that you would touch their hearts and minds, inspire them to work for peace and the betterment for all humanity, not just a select few. We ask that you would touch the hearts and minds of all people to help us to see one another as you see us, as beloved children of God, all worthy of mercy, grace, love, and being. Help us to put down our words and instruments of war and anger and fighting, and instead embrace the love and peace and the Holy Spirit as you work through the world. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly on our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now is time for our youth moment. Um, and again, we're going to ask everybody to stay in their cars, um, but hopefully in the coming weeks and months we'll be able to get back to Sunday school and stuff like that. And I promise I will make up for the lack of suckers over the last couple weeks. Um, I'll find something extra special that hopefully won't make your parents want to hurt me. Uh, <laughs> 
But I wanna to talk to you today about, about Christmas. Um, I hope you guys all had a really good Christmas. I hope you got to be with some of your family even though you probably weren't able to be with everybody that you normally are. Um, and I hope that you got some presents that you wanted and were able to help give presents to other people um, and just really enjoy that family time together. Because in a way, that's really a lot of what Christmas is about is, is family, because it was on Christmas when Jesus was born that Mary and Joseph's family grew um, from just them to the three of them. And it would be the beginning of, of that family's journey uh, over the next 30-plus years in this world together. And I know that this year I'm, I'm missing a lot of my family, and part of that's because we don't live that close together anymore and because of the pandemic and everything, but I know that I'll get to see them again, and I know you'll get to see a lot of your family again, and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. And I'm wondering if there was a special present you got this year that really you were really, really hoping for, and, and maybe Santa brought it to you, or maybe it was mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or an aunt or an uncle or someone else uh, who loves you very much. And, and when you opened it, when you first saw it, you were probably really excited and really happy. And that's a really good feeling. And that's one of the cool things to me about Christmas is I try to carry that, that feeling of excitement and joy with me through the whole year. Um, and sometimes it's hard. Um, other times it's easier. But if you hold on to that feeling and try to remember how, it, how, it, how you felt when you, you had that burst of joy and excitement and keep that with you in your heart, I promise that will help you get through any challenges, any difficult times that we might end up seeing uh, in the coming year or years to come. There's always going to be good times and bad times. That's just kind of how life works. But if we can carry that feeling with us and kind of pull it out when we are feeling sad or lonely or depressed, it can go a long way. So try to hold on to that, because that's the same thing that Mary was holding on to when people were telling her about Jesus and how amazing Jesus was going to be. And she, it tells us in scripture how she carried all of that and pondered it in her heart. And it helped Mary get through the ups and the downs of her entire life. So hold on to that, and, and don't be afraid to remind some of the adults around you, if you see them feeling down, to remind them that they can always reflect back on that, and that'll help them too, okay? All right, I need your help with one more thing. We need to do the Lord's Prayer, so if you could repeat after me. Our Father, who art in heaven, who art in heaven hallowed, be thy name. hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy, kingdom come. thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. Give us this day. Give us this day 
our daily bread, our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those, as we forgive those who trespass against us, who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, for thine is the kingdom, and the power and the power, and the glory forever. And the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus, our Lord, came into an indifferent world, yet his life revealed the inner thoughts of many. Let us confess our sins before God and one another that we may release, receive release from our sin. If you'd please join me aloud in our prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess that we have not lived as your faithful children. We have kept silent in midst of prejudice and hatred. We have been idle in the face of violence and injustice. We have not been a light to the nations, and our lives have not revealed your glory. Forgive us, merciful God. Repair the ugliness of our sin and restore in us your beautiful grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Beloved of God, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with jewels, God covers us with the robe of righteousness. Know that you are forgiven in Jesus Christ and live as God's beloved. Amen. Now, if you'll please join me for the affirmation of faith, you can find it on page 882 of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our second scripture reading for today is Galatians yep. <laughs> uh, 4, verses 4 through 7 in the NRSV. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. 
And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of God for the people of God, and the people say, thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Our next hymn is uh, 219, What Child Is This? third scripture reading for today comes from Luke's gospel, chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. The beginning of the section is titled, Jesus is presented in the temple. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. 
And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the gospel of the Lord, and the people say, Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Loving God, we thank you for the blessing of your Son, our Savior. We thank you for Mary and Joseph who cared for and raised him throughout his life. We thank you for the angels and the shepherds and all of those who brought the good news of Jesus' birth to the world. And we thank you for the work of Christmas that you call us to through the examples and teachings of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day have come and gone. Presents were given and opened. Food was prepared and eaten. And new memories have been made. So what happens now? What do we have to look towards now that this incredibly special event has passed? This year is not over just yet. There is still time for the aliens to land, right? Just kidding, I hope. I know that as a child, after Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, my sisters and I had a few days of playing with our new toys and got together with some other extended family members to exchange gifts and share a meal. 
We enjoyed the time away from school, and there was usually a few moments of rest and playing out in the snow if it snowed that particular year. And then we would begin preparing with our parents for New Year's Eve. Every year for as long as I can remember back, my mom would make a bunch of snacks and appetizers and some pizza, and we would watch movies all night until it was time for the countdown to the new year to begin. I can still remember taking a trip to our local video store to rent some movies with my sisters and my dad. And just saying that sentence makes me feel really old. <laughs> and then, in just a few short days, life was back to normal. My sisters and I would return to school every day, and my parents would be back at work. As a young child, I didn't fully understand the season of Lent, and Easter seemed so far away. So life was just back to normal. And maybe it is because this year has been anything but normal. But in the time leading up to Advent, I found myself often wondering what life was like for Mary and Joseph, and of course, baby Jesus, after Jesus' birth and the shepherds coming and all the craziness that had occurred for them. What was normal life like? Well, thankfully, we get a little bit of insight into that very reality in our reading from Luke's Gospel. Our reading began with when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, I want to be clear, this was not like the next day after Jesus was born. There was a 40-day purification period for mothers after giving birth that they had to wait for that time to pass for Mary. And then seven days after Jesus was born, he was circumcised as per the Jewish tradition. So it was just over a month after Jesus was born that the family traveled to Jerusalem to present Jesus to the Lord as it was written in the law of Moses, the law of the Lord, and were told that they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now, what is not told to us in the scripture reading, but what we now know through scholarly work and historical records and research, is that their offering of two turtle doves or two young pigeons was not the normal offering that necessarily would have been brought and given. What we find when we look back at Leviticus chapter 12, verse 8, is that this offering of, of two turtle doves or young pigeons was permitted for those who were too poor to afford a lamb as the offering. So based on that, we can pretty safely assume that Mary and Joseph were not very well off financially at this stage in their family's life. It may not be hard for many of us to picture this small family just starting out, low on money, probably a little tired for caring for a newborn who, despite what some of our Christmas hymns might say, was not likely a perfect little sleeper all of the time. 
If we claim that Jesus was both human and divine, we must also be willing to admit that he probably woke up crying in the middle of the night at least a couple times. Now, after their offering is made, we are told about the family's interaction with two elderly people who were extremely devout in their faith and walked with God. And much like a grandparent or even a great-grandparent might fawn over a new addition to their family, so too do these two people in their own way. Simeon holds baby Jesus and praises God for letting him live to see this day when he would meet the Holy Child, the Messiah, the salvation of Israel. And Anna, a woman who never left the temple and worshipped constantly, fasting and praying all night and day, when she saw Jesus, she prophesied about how he would be the redemption of Jerusalem. You can't tell me that this doesn't sound at least a little bit like a proud first-time grandparent bragging about their new bundle of joy and showing you a billion pictures of them. And who could blame them? Children are a gift from God, right? Most of the time, anyways? No. Children are a gift, um, and at least in my own experiences, the good times and memories far outweigh the challenging ones. And this was not just any child. This was the Son of God. This was Emmanuel, God with us. According to many scholars, Jesus was literally Yeshua, which means Savior, as we see in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Now, we don't have very much more information about Jesus' childhood and him growing up, so we can't say for sure if this was one of the last normal times in this family's life or if things were relatively quiet and typical, like for most families of that time. We have a little bit more about Jesus' youth, but really not a whole lot. Now, there are other writings that make claims about Jesus' childhood and, and how he grew up, but they are not considered canon, and there are many questions about their legitimacy, so we tend not to include them. What about, what about right now, today? Now that Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are over, do we just go back to life as normal, or at least as normal as it can be? Are we just kind of coasting until New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and then back to the grindstone? That again assumes that the aliens don't land or something else ridiculous doesn't come up. There is still time. Well, according to some people, the real work of Christmas has just begun. During our Advent Bible study in our last sessions, we read a poem by Howard Thurman from one of his collections of works titled The Mood of Christmas and Other Celebrations. If you are unfamiliar with Mr. Thurman, he was an American author, philosopher, theologian, educator, and civil rights leader that lived from 1899 until 1981. The poem that we read is titled The Work of Christmas, and I'd like to read it all to you now. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, 
to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. I really, really like this poem, and I actually posted it to both churches' Facebook pages and my own uh, a few weeks back. Some of you may have seen it. And this poem talks about how after everything is quote-unquote back to normal, that the real work of Christmas begins. And Thurman didn't mean Jesus' work or God's work that was beginning. Thurman means that our work of Christmas now begins. It is our work to find the lost. It is our work to heal the broken. It is our work to feed the hungry. It is our work to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people. And it is our work to make music in the heart. I really love that last line. It, it really sticks with me and makes me smile. But this is all our work that we are called to do and now begin. The good news in all of this, though, at least to me, is that this is work that we are not just called to, but that we are equipped to do. God does not call the equipped, but rather God equips those who God calls. This is work that you are already engaged in. Find the lost. Well, how many of you have invited anyone to church recently? How many of you reach out to share God's love and grace to others through not just your words, but how you live your life and how you love your neighbor? From what I have seen, I think you are all doing just that, even if you're not always doing it intentionally or realizing that's what you're doing. What about healing the broken? How many of you reach out to your friends and others who you know are struggling? When they lose someone from their life, are you offering comfort and support? When they are struggling with their health, how many of you are offering to go get groceries or offer other help around the house? Again, from what I have seen, most of, if not all of you, are already doing this kind of thing. And feeding the hungry? I mean, come on. We're United Methodists. It's not a fully sanctioned or official event or meeting for us if there's not some food served. It actually used to be that a casserole was required, but they relaxed that rule back in the early 80s or 90s, I think. I'd have to consult the latest book of discipline to be sure. In all seriousness, though, you guys are good at feeding the hungry. From operating a food bank to delivering meals to shut-ins and so much more. And I also think that you are really good at helping feed the hungry spiritually and intellectually, especially intellectually through the work and donations for our schools that you have done. Release the prisoner. Well, that depends on how you think about the word prisoner. I'm not aware of anyone from our church uh, organizing and running a prison break recently. But how many people are prisoners in their own minds and hearts? How many people are suffering as prisoners of their pasts? And yet, I have never experienced or heard a story about someone being turned away from this church because of their past or their struggle. That helps free people in ways that we will not fully be able to understand unless we experience it ourselves. 
Rebuilding the nations. Well, that one might be a little bit tougher, but then again, maybe not. When we give our ministry shares to the United Methodist Church, some of that money goes to UMCOR, or the United Methodist Committee on Relief. UMCOR works around the world in places that have been devastated by natural disasters and war. And every time that we give donations or resources to UMCOR, we are helping to rebuild the nations. What about bringing peace among the people? I think at least the way that I see that happening is through all of the outreach work that you are all doing. When people feel loved, when people feel heard, when people feel like they matter in the eyes of others, they are much more likely to experience and feel a sense of peace. And of course, what about making music in the heart? I said this was my favorite line in the poem, and I truly mean that. When we show God's love and grace to others by our words and our actions, when we love our neighbors, that makes music in my heart. I am sure it also makes music in God's heart, too. My heart sings when I see people helping one another, loving one another, showing mercy and grace to one another. And since I have been here with all of you, my heart has been a 24-hour music station playing the most beautiful music I have ever heard. The work of Christmas begins now. It is work that you have been doing and work that I know you will continue to do. It is work that I know that God has not just called you to but equipped you for. It is work that makes music in the hearts of those who do the work as well as those who experience the benefits of the work. It has been a year. And even though I've only been with you for half of it, I can say without any hesitation that you all make music in my heart through everything that you do. From your prayers, your time, your talents, and everything else. Thank you for being a light to the world, especially during this crazy year. Thank you for welcoming me and my family into yours. May God bless you, and may we all have a happy new year. Amen. If you would join me in our last hymn number 240, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Beloved children of God, go forth into the world rejoicing. Spread the good news of Christ, our light and redeemer. May God, redeemer of Israel, dismiss us in peace. May Jesus Christ, son of God, son of Mary, uphold us in love. May the Holy Spirit, the power of God, guide us in truth. Go now in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.